Good morning, Adventure Church. Welcome to all of you who are here today. Hi, good to see you. Um, I, I love you guys. I'm so excited for today. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. Again, we miss you. Please come back. We want to see you in person. Um, I, I, was, I was sharing that a couple weeks ago when Kelly spoke. I was at home for the first service and I watched it online. And then I came here for second service and, and experienced it live. And there's really no comparison, right, for those of you who have done the online thing. So if you can't come and you're sick, I get that. But if you can come, please come. We miss you. Amen? You guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to continue in our series today called The Jesus Stories. Uh, these are new insights into an old narrative. And today I have a very special guest. This is actually someone who has been in the hit TV show, The Chosen. Could you please welcome Gabe Kramer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How's everyone doing this morning? All right. So Great the show. whole point of the Jesus stories, this series, is, is to, as it says, to bring new insights into an old narrative. And it, it's been interesting because I've asked several different people if they would want to just kind of share a story that was meaningful for them, a story that, that was kind of si significant in their lives. And um, so, so this is the format that we're going to be doing today. Um, Gabe and I are just, it's kind of like we're going to do like a live podcast. So... Well, here we are doing our little live this podcast. This is the mic right here. <laughs> <laughs> and nice so I asked Gabe a while ago if he would uh, come in and share with us. And before we do that, I really want to just say that if there was an award for the most improved Christian, I would give it to Gabe. Because <laughs> he really sucked before. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. No, but, uh, you know, the reason that we, that we exist as a church, really, is to help people to, to learn to love God and to learn to love one another. And that takes transformation because that's not a natural thing, Right. It's, yeah. I mean, I remember when I used to read about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, I used to think, that's not even possible. But it's the first and the greatest commandment, so it is possible. And so the reason that we exist is to see lives transformed, not just people's heads filled with knowledge or, or just to, we're definitely not about entertaining people. We are all about bringing honor and glory to the Lord and watching lives change. And this is an example. Gabe's life is... Entertainment, right? <laughs> when you're he at zero, like you can climb to 10 for <laughs> He's definitely entertaining. But, right. but um, I just asked Gabe if he would come and kind of share a little bit about his story. Um, and then we're just going to kind of dig into the Word of God. We're going to just get into a, a passage of Scripture. And it talks about somebody who impressed Jesus. Hashtag goals, right? I want to impress Jesus, don't you? So we're going to talk about a guy who actually amazed Jesus. He, he, Jesus marveled at this guy. But before we get into that, Gabe, you want to just share a little bit of your background, who you are, where you came from? Yeah, uh, I was born on planet Earth. Uh, my name is Gabe. I, I'm from Texas, actually. That is part of Earth. Is that on Earth? <laughs> That's part, part of the U.S., uh, 
No, I, I lived in Texas half my life and uh, through a long series of events ended up here in Utah, uh, newly married to my lovely wife who is here. Uh, she's there. Yeah, well, that, there's her. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. she's way in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't want to distract me, I guess. And then I got my parents actually are here today. They're hey. right there. But um, no, so we, we moved here. Uh, I had given my life to the Lord. Well, let me back up. So um, I grew up in the church but um, had some really difficult times in my early life, teenage life. Uh, I had a lot of acne. I, my, it was horrible, man. It was really mm-hmm. bad. Okay? I took the strongest medication you can take, which is Accutane, at least the one I was aware of. Some of you probably know what it is, but it like dries out your whole body. And um, this is why I have gut issues. I tell my wife this. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, right, anyway, um, but... Uh, yeah, so I, I, I had that going on. I was getting bullied in high school. I, was very, I had no confidence. I was depressed. And I went to a small like Christian boarding academy, and this preacher comes in, and he's talking about Jesus. And hmm. like Jesus wants to take these burdens in your life. Jesus wants to restore you. Hmm. You, know, you don't have to walk in this pain. You don't have to live like this. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I mean, I had kind of heard some of this stuff, but something just hit me, right? And it's like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'll follow you, Lord. And I gave my life to the Lord at 17, was baptized, and uh, then have been, you know, on that journey since then. I'm about 40, a little older than that right now, 41 years old right now. And um, we came to the adventure uh, about 12 years ago, and you know, went through different seasons in life and some, some other hard challenges. It's like, just because you become a Christian doesn't, you know, life doesn't just get easy. Uh, right. I mean, anybody know, right. Right. It's like, sometimes things get harder, right. Or, 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 or you start placing these expectations on yourself. Oh man, I got to do this and that and this and that. And, and, you know, the Lord is very gentle in these things and he's very, he's very patient with us and he's very loving. And so he says, I may be asking you to do this, but I'm going to give you the strength to do it. Yeah. And my grace covers all this stuff, even in your weakness. You know, you may feel, this is, your, your feelings may not align with where you want to be. You may, you may feel depressed right now. You may feel um, like very broken, you know. And I mean, I, I like a number of times, I, even now, it's like I come to church, I feel so broken, you know. But it's like the Lord is there for the brokenhearted. Right. That's right. It's like how 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 can you how can you experience the depth of the love of God until you're you're deep in it yourself, right? How can you experience the depth that God is willing to go to to meet where you are at and to see you and to find you and save you until unless you're down there yourself, right? So that's where it goes, kind of from theory to the heart. Yeah. And um, I I had a lot of those experiences coming here. I mean, twelve years ago we stepped in the door and and. There's a lot of things in my life that God wanted to take hold of. And, um, and it, it was not easy for me to go through those things. It was a refining, you know. But I look at my life now and it's like, man, this is way better than what I came in here with. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm so glad I'm not the same person that I was 12 years ago. Thank God he didn't leave me there. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to leave us where we're at, right? Yes, man. Like, seriously, it's, it was... It's just so refreshing and so beautiful that the Lord doesn't want to leave us where we come to him at. 
Yeah. He says, I love you so much, but I'm going to show you something greater, right? Don't we want to see something greater? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to see right. something right. greater than what you're living greater. right now? Right. right. Yeah. Right. See something greater than this right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So, um, you, you chose this story uh, out of Luke chapter 7. You kind of want to explain why, what, what is the significance of Luke 7 for you? Yeah. So, okay. So, Jody asked me, hey. Before you say that, I do want to say something first. From a scholarly vantage point, for those scholars among us, we are going to get into the background in the historical context, and, and we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of set this up so that it, that it makes sense in the context in which it was given originally, you know, because I don't know if you know this, but the Bible was not written for uh, Americans living in 2022. I mean, it is for us. But it was originally written in a Jewish context and a Jewish setting, okay? But it also, the Bible is living and active, so it will apply to our lives. And so that's kind of where we're headed with this when I asked Gabe, how does this story, what does this symbolize to him? Yeah, Kelly said it, Kelly's still here? Kelly said it a good way. He said that the Bible wasn't written to us, but it's written for us. Mm -hmm. So not Mm -hmm. like to us as an audience, like mm-hmm, you're saying. But, mm-hmm. So yeah, Jody Let's asked me, okay, what's a story, what's a Jesus story that uh, really has like, I don't know, really speaks to you right now? And I had a really hard time thinking of one particular one. And then I thought of this one because I've seen this for many years. And I, and I, I would say I didn't, I didn't really understand the real significance of this text but it was always mysterious to me. It was like mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Like how could here this, you know, this guy does something and Jesus says, this guy has more faith than even the house of Israel, like all the Jews, all the believing people who mm-hmm. are professing to believe in me. He just did something that's greater than what I've seen out of any of these other people. So this was like blowing me away. And um, so th- this is the one I picked. And then I started kind of diving into it and ahead of this and and things just started coming out and then Jody was teaching me things about it and I was like okay this is awesome so this is what we're going to share today but you want me to read through uh, first let's let's set up the historical context okay. so so at this time Rome occupied Israel so so Israel was under the oppression of Rome and so they would send these soldiers in and they would take these exorbitant taxes and they, they were very oppressive. They enslaved several of the, of the Jews. So the Jews were once again being uh, discriminated against and they were, they were being mistreated by Roman soldiers primarily who would walk around. And so this, this story takes place immediately after Jesus has given what is called the Sermon on the Mount. That's the story that, um, you know, where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, that blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And all of, you know, that Jesus's greatest sermon, some people have called it. So he's there, he's at the Sea of Galilee, and then he comes to this town right there called Capernaum. And so that's where we pick it up here. So you want to go ahead and read this? Yeah, sure. This is in the NLT, the New Living Translation version. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. 
So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. So, what does it take to impress Jesus? And I think it's, it's faith preceded by humility. You see, this guy, okay, if we, if we just go and break it down here, it says, at that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman soldier. Now, in those days, typically, slaves were considered property. Slaves were of no value if they were sick or if they were injured. I mean, most... Most of the Roman soldiers would just let them die. So this guy, we're starting to see how this is a life transformed, that, the, that he is starting to be transformed by his belief in Jesus. And so it's saying that he, rather than letting his servant just die, he's actually seeking his good. But he even says, it says, when, he, when the officer heard about Jesus, so he's heard about Jesus at some point, and there's evidence here that he probably was, was becoming a follower of Christ, because even as a Roman soldier, a Gentile, he helped support the building of the synagogue. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. And he's also a Gentile, which means that, that he's an enemy of the Jews, at this time. So um, it says that he sent these respected Jewish elders. So he has relationships with these elders, which is crazy too, because usually the centurions or the Roman soldiers wouldn't even, they wouldn't even talk with these Jews because they looked down on them so much. Isn't this kind of an interesting history of this? So here this guy He's bold enough to make the request, but he's not bold enough to actually come directly to Jesus. So why do you think that is, Gabe? What do you think the reason for that is? We're going to speculate for a minute here. We're going we're to hopefully take a biblical assessment. These things are not necessarily written into the text, but you can kind of assume them. So, Yeah, I think in the other account, uh, this story is in Matthew. Um, it, it, it says that he came himself, I think, uh, the, the second time, but when, when you kind of read into it, if you read like the notes, it'll say that oftentimes the, the, they would send a servant in place and it's the same thing. So, I mean, this is probably, I think this is actually what happened for sure because of the way it's written and you see it. Uh, and then Matthew's account maybe is just uh, saying that basically he was there, but his representative counts as that. Does that make sense? But um, so it, it says that, uh, it says it twice here that, you know, first he sends the elders to talk with Jesus. And they're like, hey, this guy's, this guy's good. You know, he's, he loves the Jews. I think they're appealing to 
to the the whole division here. I mean, and, and the fact that the fact that the centurion, the Roman captain, would even ask Jesus for help, and and this is public. This is not happening in a closet. I mean, people are seeing this. This mm-hmm. is, you know, that's that takes an act of faith alone because he could be like, how's he going to look? I mean, how's he going to look going to asking this person for help? And oh, what is he? But does he believe this guy's the son of God too? I mean, so you have those kind of things in play. And then something seems to change because as, as Jesus was going, you know, it starts off, it, it says um, in, in verse 6 and starts going into it, but just before they arrived, Jesus sent some more people, or the centurion sent some more people to Jesus and says, like, hey, hey, change, like, don't come all the way over here, right? And so this is where I think, you know, the story kind of gets into the crux of how this guy displayed this amazing, you know, Mm-hmm. Amazing faith. Right? But even even back it up, if, if you go back to verse 4, it says, these people were their representatives, and they're saying, hey, if anybody deserves your attention, it's this guy. Now, he himself didn't, you know, the Bible says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And this guy, he obviously, he's, he's very humble, even though he was this very well-respected man, and he had these, like, fans that are, that are like, hey, Jesus, if there's anybody that deserves your, your healing powers, it's this guy, because he's a, he's a really good guy. He's a friend of the Jews. He's, he's supporting us. And so then, um, then, yeah, he's, then he, when he goes later and he's like, hey, you don't even need to come to my house. I mean, I wonder, because he was probably aware of some of the Jewish laws. Okay. And, and so he probably knew that if Jesus were to go into the home of a Gentile, he would be what's considered ceremonially unclean. Um, I, I was, I was telling Gabe when I um, traveled in Israel, I went into this little store that was owned by a Jewish man, and he was really sweet, and I had this really good conversation with him. And when I went to leave, I went to shake his hand, not knowing that that was a no-no. And he pulled his hand back, and his eyes got really big, because he can't touch a Gentile, he, much less a woman, and so. This centurion is probably thinking, oh, if Jesus comes into my house, then he won't be able to go do his temple work. Do they believe that now, even the woman side of thing? They believe that as well? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't touch a woman? Mm-hmm. Really? You know, I, I always share that prayer that, that they still pray today is, Lord, thank you that you didn't make me a woman. That's what um, some of the Jewish, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Wow. So anyway. Um, so yeah, he does show humility. Mm-hmm. He definitely shows humility here. And um, you want me to go into the... Well, well I, I, I just wanted to ask. So part of me wonders too if, if maybe this is put in here for us, you know, for those times where for whatever reason, we, we don't want to approach Jesus directly. Maybe, maybe because we're afraid that we're unclean. Maybe we have some unconfessed sin, or we have an area where we struggle. We don't feel worthy, or maybe because we're fearful. Uh, maybe because we've been asking God for some things and He hasn't answered them the way that we want, and we're disappointed. You know, who knows? I mean, maybe we're ticked off at God, you know? I mean, there could be a number of reasons why he 
he didn't feel worthy enough to come into Jesus's presence. In addition to just understanding that, wow, this guy might actually be the Christ. He might actually be the the Messiah, the savior of the world, i.e. the creator of the heavens and the earth. You know? Because that's who Jesus is. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And so, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why maybe this guy just did not feel worthy enough to directly approach Jesus. So, um, yeah, going on to the next section there. Yeah, so he says, uh, the, the servants say, or his messengers say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, mm-hmm. for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. And, yeah, I thought about this, like, on one hand, it, you know, from a worldly state, or, you know, just how we operate today, if you want somebody to help you, um, you're going to go to them and try to persuade them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I've done this. I built this temple. Um, I, my, my most trusted servants are Jews, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. And I, I treat them well and make your case. I have influence. I'm this kind of guy. You know, I could, I can, I can, uh, tell this to other people. I can help you, you know, I mean, like give, it's give like, his resume. Oh yeah. Give his resume and like, and convince him or plead the case, like why you should, help me. But he doesn't do this. He, he says, you don't have to come here. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And I believe in, in your power. This is, this is incredible. Because, I mean, maybe he believed he was the son of God. We, I mean, we don't know. But um, I, I also think... But he definitely uh, believed that Jesus could heal. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, he put his, his hope in, in that mm-hmm. and uh, against everything that was against you know, when you're looking at it, like, why would Jesus help him? You know, Mm -hmm. Romans versus Jews. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's being made public. I mean, all these things, he chooses to have enough faith to step out there and Mm -hmm. do that. And then he makes a comparison about the authority. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Then he talks about authority, right? He's like, look, I tell people I'm under authority. I tell people to do things. So I know that you can speak the word into my life without even coming to the house without even talking to me, right? This is crazy because, you know, when you look at um, the story of, of Lazarus, Lazarus died, right? And, um, and, and Jesus was like on his way there to heal Lazarus or to at least address the situation. And Mary and Martha and the other friends and everybody else were waiting for him. And Jesus delays. That's what the Bible says. Jesus <laughs> delays, right? And then he dies. And then it's like he gets there. Mary and Martha, everybody's crying, and they're like, man, Lord, if you had just been here, this wouldn't have happened, right? If you had just been here. This guy is like, you don't even have to be here, right? You don't have to be here. That's amazing. Yes, yes. You don't have to be here. You can say the word. That's why I think this is incredible. Like, Jesus is like, wow, this guy. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's She's saying, she asked, um, don't you think that Jesus saw his heart? And I, I think that's what it, what it really comes I, down I think, to. I his, think that's exactly what it is. His purity of heart, that, that, that open, humble request. Um, yeah. and, and I think, but yet believing. Because if you go back throughout the Old Testament, we have a relationship. It's called a covenantal relationship with the Lord. The Lord says to us as his children, he says, 
I will be your God, and you will be my people. And this is the covenant that God makes. And, and you see this here, where, where there's this, this trust that there's this covenantal kind of a thing happening here with the centurion and Jesus, looking, looking at Jesus like, I know I can trust you. And how many times do we get frustrated or lose heart or get angry or disappointed when God doesn't, doesn't answer? We're going to kind of talk about this a little bit later, but this is the reality of it, right? This is the Christian life. This is a walk with God that there are times where God does not answer the way that we want him to. So what do we do with that? How do we handle that? But in this case, this guy is like, he's blowing Jesus' mind. I mean, because Jesus, you know, Jesus says at another place, he says in Mark chapter 6, verse 6, he says, Jesus marveled at their unbelief. So which camp do you want to be in? Do you want to be in the one where Jesus is like, wow, I have never seen such faith. And he even, he kind of disses the Jews a little bit. He's like, even among the Jews who are the ones, you know, it says Jesus came first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. He's saying, this guy, his faith surpasses even those of, of my own people. Because remember, it says Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. But here is this Roman who's probably having his life transformed, his heart transformed by Jesus, and he's going to him, and he's making this really ridiculous request, if you think about it. It's like, hey, Jesus, I know you can do this. And so I want you to think about whatever your thing is right now. What's an area where, you know, all of us will have our faith tested, right? Because it says our, our faith will be tested because it's more precious than gold. Our faith will be refined. So how are we going to respond? So I want you to think about whatever it is in your life right now, that, that request that you're making to God, that thing that you're asking God. And you know, um, faith is defined in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, as being sure of what we hope for and convinced of what we have not yet seen. So Gabe and I were talking, you know, we could, we could talk about faith for months. I mean, we could do an entire series just on the topic of faith and on the topic of what faith is not. Anybody seen any weird examples of, like, misplaced faith? Or I, I, I remember a guy one time, this is, there, there used to be, when I first became a Christian, there was this... Um, they called it the positive confession. You know, there was this faith movement. They called it the name it and claim it or the blab it and grab it. Um, and these guys, this guy was telling me that, you know, he, he was told that if he, that if he um, made a confession, that that was like he was determining his path. So he said like one time he got the stomach flu and like he's literally like retching over the toilet going, 
I'm not sick. And he's like throwing up in the toilet. I mean, okay, don't blame God for that stuff. Like that is totally not God. Sorry if I grossed you out. You made me sick right now. Just you made me sick, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm really close can, to you. <laughs> I can heal you. Okay, no, please. Just kidding. <laughs> but, but I mean, really, it's like the request that this guy is making is, is crazy ridiculous. Like, just speak the word. Yeah. It's not for himself. It's for it's somebody for else. else. Like, yeah. Which is, I don't know, but not that you can't make requests, you know, for yourself. God, mm-hmm. God wants to, you know, live in you and work with you and, mm-hmm. all, and all those things. But, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about faith. Let's yeah, talk let's about, um, you know, maybe some examples. Uh, I can, you know, I used, I grew up in church, like I said, and in, I think in the American church, there's a lot of focus on like knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And we learn more things than we could ever implement in our mm-hmm. lives in our two lifetimes, right? I mean, we just like, we hear great sermons, we come and we sit and, and things like that. And so I just like growing up, I, I, I went to school with people who had all these, all this Bible knowledge. And it was like, wow, these guys know a lot. Like, this is mm-hmm. crazy, right? And I would, I guess I'd look back and think, man, they must have a lot of faith. But now looking at it, right, no, it's, this is not an indication of faith. Faith, faith is action. That's right. Faith is, you talk about walk by faith. Well, mm-hmm. we're moving. You're moving, mm-hmm. right, when you walk by faith. You're not, uh, it's like the person looking, you know, that needs a job and they're sitting on the couch <laughs> eating chips and, you know, Netflixing. And it's like, they may say amazing things, right? But, is that a life of faith? Like I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm, you know, is that really, is that really what waiting on the Lord means? Is that really demonstrating faith to do nothing, right? Yeah. And it's 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 not. Um, well, and like that, that you know, the scripture that you hear a lot is, you know, faith without works is dead, which is true. But what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like what? Like do the does the does the action come first or does the faith come first? You know, because I think sometimes people pray for things and they ask God for things that aren't God's will. Like, let's say, for example, uh, like, this is not the case for me, but let's say, for example, I really wanted a Maserati. I don't want a Maserati because I don't want to have to pay for the insurance. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, think about it. Like, if I sit there and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and believe and believe, am I really praying in faith? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes people will pray for things that are not necessarily what God has. And, and I mean, just to keep it real, um, so my husband passed away six years ago, and everybody wanted to see him healed physically. He had an aortic aortic aneurysm, and um, everybody wanted to see him healed. And just when I went to pray for him that he would be healed, I felt, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was like, no. Like not to pray for that. Because I, I really, I believe that it, that it was God's will to take him home. I believe that he had lived a full life, and I think no matter how much of a positive confession I would have done, the Bible says it is appointed once 
for someone to die. And after that comes the judgment. I mean, every single person in here is going to die. That's just part of it. Are we supposed to still pray at times for people to get healed? Yes or no? Yeah, the Bible is clear. We are at times supposed to pray. But how many of us have prayed for someone and they didn't get healed? You know, sometimes surrounding this topic of faith, there can be a lot of disappointment. Right? Right? Keeping it real? Sometimes we pray something and we believe with all of our heart that it's going to happen. When I, was, when I first became a Christian, I was dating somebody and I really thought that he was going to become a believer. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and I asked the Lord, is he going to get saved? And I felt like, yes, like the Lord told me that. But as far as I know, he's still not a believer today. So, I mean, was I, was I praying God's will? Because then I went a step further and I was like, is he going to be my husband? And I felt this resounding yes. So, I mean, was that actually faith or was that just Jody's flesh? Right? So sometimes I think it's really important to base what you pray on the word of God and believing that something is truly the word of God rather than just your own selfish desires. And so this is where it gets a little bit sticky. You understand? So I think that's like your point. This centurion was, was asking on behalf of someone else. This was not for any selfish ambition on his part. Right? Right. Right. And, and feeling, it's like, and then that, that kind of trails into feelings too. I, I truly believe that, you know, you can feel like you have a lot of faith mm-hmm. and in reality you don't. You know, maybe you're depending on knowledge. Maybe you're, maybe it's, it's, it's a misplaced, you know, guidance. And you can also feel like hopeless. You can feel depressed you, and still have faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because faith is your response to God and your feelings are like the end of the train, okay? You're, they're not pulling you. You're, you're, they're at the end, and you kind of pull them along. Hmm. Don't let your feelings dictate everything. But they're still going to be there, That's right? Good. And they'll follow. But when we place our trust in, in God and his word, then our feelings can, can kind of get there, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes time. But mm-hmm. uh, regardless of your feelings, you can have great faith or not. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You may, you may not feel that way, yeah. but uh, you may have faith because you're living, you're, you're responding to God and saying, I believe what you're saying is true. And therefore I'm going to live this way or do this. And this is faith in the eyes of the Lord. And he's, that's what he's pleased with. You know? Do you want to, so, do you want to share a story or two about? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll share a story. So, so someone that I know, I will not name this person's name. Uh, but I will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love this person so much. So, okay. So here's a great example of faith. And I look at this person, it's a she, I look at, I look at her like she has tremendous faith. And I know she may not feel that way, but I keep in my heart, like, you know, part of the core group, every, I, I see them all the time. It's like, I know the Lord is saying, you have Tremendous faith, right? You're going to be rewarded for your faith someday. It's an mm-hmm. example to me. So this person is in their backyard. They've got a swimming pool, and they're it's not me. They're swimming. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Jody, but they're swimming, and they have company over. Okay, they have guests, 
they have uh, some LDS friends over, okay, and their kids, and they're swimming. And this particular person uh, who's LDS uh, knows a lot of what's going on in the neighborhood and therefore shares a lot of what's going on in the neighborhood, right? So they're, they're just hanging out, you know, and uh, this windstorm tornado, like this mini tornado the size, almost the size of a house, starts coming towards the pool, right? And I mean, it's, it's so bad, you know, you can see it spinning, you can see trash blown everywhere. It's like, you, you, you ain't going to stay in the pool. You're going to get out and go inside the house and your pool time's over, right? Well, this particular person is looking at this and saying, this, she just had this, or this is how it's described to me. She had this feeling like, okay, this is not, this is like the devil coming at me, right? It's like, this is bad. This is going to ruin our evening here. So she prays, in the name of Jesus, get out of here to the wind, okay, to the storm, right, in front of this person who, you know, will relate these stories, hopefully, right? But, uh, and, and all of a sudden, like, the tornado just kind of shifts and goes the other way. It's like, wow. And, and I, I wasn't there. I wish I was there. I was not there. But I'm sure that everyone in view was like, what just <laughs> The kids are like, what are you doing? And then another one comes and she does it again, right? And it's like, this is, this is an act of faith because when you're not worried about what people are going to say about you, when you truly, I mean, it's like to, to, to I mean, I don't want to like prop this up so much, but like to say to the wind, like, get out of here. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy, right? What but, manner of woman is this? <laughs> where is she? Where is she being? But yeah, I mean, it's like, this is, but this is like, this is what God can do in our lives. I mean, it's a small thing of what, and what he wants us to see of God moving here and now in our, in our midst, in our presence. Mm-hmm. If we will take the step out. I mean, she could have said nothing. She could have ran in the house, right? But no, out of faith, she stepped forward and did this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is, Remarkable. Well, and, and that's the whole thing in Hebrews eleven six. It says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." That's convicting for me. It says because if if you you must believe first of all that He exists, and also that He is one who will reward those who diligently seek Him. And that story, I mean, this particular person diligently seeks the Lord. But I think a lot of times we'll just kind of flippantly ask God for something, but we don't actually believe it. And, and do, you, do you know that in James it says, hey, if you do that, you can't expect to receive anything from God. This you know is you're double-minded. One of, the, one of the, the big lessons I learned in my life probably four years ago or so was learning to fear the Lord mm-hmm. and not man, okay? Mm-hmm. I had it backwards. You know, I didn't really think about like, I didn't live my life as if God is real, let's say, and he is interested in what I'm doing and not doing, right? Mm. But always, you know, man, I don't want to say that. I don't want to offend that. Or I just, I'm afraid of, you know, my boss or whatever the case is, right? Just more concerned about fearing man than fearing the Lord. But God wants you to change this. He wants you to flip it because there is a tremendous freedom in not being afraid of people. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. And and the way you can live your life and not be bound by, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, what's this person gonna, you know, this and that. And I mean, I still get hit with that stuff. And I it's like I remind myself, like, I mean, who's in charge here? Yeah. Who's in charge of my life? Yeah. Who owns yeah. me, right? Yeah. He owns me. So yeah. it, what can man do, right? But it's like until if you have it backwards. And by by nature, you do, mm-hmm. you will, you do that until you flip it, right? And then it's like, oh, wow, this is something mm-hmm. profound. But that mm-hmm. takes faith because this is not something natural in the world. This That's is not right. natural to, mm-hmm. to do this. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always people in positions and people of influence and mm-hmm. people who are committing things to you that if you go against it or, you know, whatever it may be, it's like, this is not natural, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. But this is this is an act of faith. It's like I'm I'm going to act and live my life in a way that I want to please God yeah. and do what He says because He is there, right? Yeah, and and I think that brings up a good point too. You know, faith is not natural. It it goes against our sensibilities. It goes against what we think is logical. Because remember, it's being certain of what you hope for and convinced of what you haven't even seen. I mean, I mean, without faith, again, it's impossible to please God because God is looking for that faith like this centurion that says, hey, I know you can do this. I just trust that you can do this. You don't have to do it in any certain way, but I believe. And I think that's really ultimately what the foundation of our faith has to be is what mm. you mentioned, Gabe, is that no matter what, no matter what you see, no matter what the circumstances, we can trust in the goodness of our God, that our God is faithful. Our God is always faithful. You know, I've, I've been in a really dark season recently, and, you know, I just had a lot of questions about how God was responding or not responding. Anybody else ever have that? Like, you're like, God, why, why didn't you do this? Or why, why did you do that? Or, you know, so I've had a lot of questions, and the one thing that is a constant for me, and, and this is what I just want to encourage you to, to believe, is that every time I would go to God, not that I'd like question him because I know he's right always, but the sense that I get every single time that I, that I, that I go to God and I'll, I'll say, God, I trust you, but I don't understand you. But the overwhelming sense I get is you can Trust me. So I want to encourage you today that whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, whatever it is that you're, that you're walking through, um, you know, I, I was sharing with the first service I had. I moved in with a couple um, when I was a crazy party girl in California, and, um, and then I ended up going to... Europe, I backpacked for nine months, and then when I came back, Jesus revealed himself to me. I, I, I like to say I became a Christian on the installment plan, but that was kind of like my final installment. And, and I mean, I just like r- was radically transformed by this, this situation. And um, I just totally lost my train of thought. So <laughs> there you have it. Um, have faith. Have faith, Yeah. <laughs> But I, but I know that you were, pray, you were going to pray. You were praying for this 
couple yes, for this years. couple. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I was living with this couple. So when I moved in with them, I'm this crazy party girl. And then I come back from Europe and I'm like, probably like a super legalistic, religious baby Christian, you know, I was super like judgmental and, um, and I just remember I prayed for them and prayed for them and prayed for them and prayed for them. And then I ended up, I moved out of their house. Like I would clean their house and I would just pray through their house and I'd go into the shower as I'm cleaning the shower. Lord, speak to them when they're in here taking a shower and I'd lay hands on their bed and God just in the middle of the night, just speak to them. And, you know, and, and I didn't see anything. How many of you want your cleaner to do that in your house? (laughs) (laughs) For hire. Um, I'm just kidding. I love you. But but I mean, really, I was like, I didn't understand why. Like, God, why won't you save them? And then 20 years later, I get a call. They had both come to Christ, got baptized on Easter. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, some of you aren't even 20 years old yet, so you you can't even relate. But to pray for somebody for 20 years, I just want to say, don't lose heart. Even if, if it doesn't make sense, even if you don't see what you're wanting to see, even if still continue to have faith that there's a reason, that God knows what's best, God knows the timing. His thoughts are not our thoughts, right? His ways are not our ways. We can't always explain them. But we're going to stand up now, and uh, we're going to kind of just cast our cares on the Lord. We're just going to surrender this, whatever your thing is, whatever your faith thing is. And, and uh, Gabe's going to pray for those of you who have never met Jesus yet. Um, so whatever your thing is, if you just can hold your hand out as a symbol of, like, I want to give this to the Lord. Well, Father, we come into your presence, Lord, and we want to be like that centurion that impressed you, that you marveled at his faith. Lord, make us those people. Lord, your word says to each one you have given a measure of faith. Lord, increase our faith. Can you just say that to the Lord? Say, Lord, increase my faith. Say it again. Say, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, we can trust you. You are good. And your love endures forever. And so, Father, we just, we just surrender this thing, this issue or this person, whether it's a health issue or whether it's finances, we can't understand why you're not providing, or whether it's a broken relationship, Lord, we just we lay it at your feet. And we declare that even though we don't understand you all the time, we trust you. Can you just tell him that? Say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. Set us free, Lord, to really truly be like that centurion, God. To believe that you can do exceedingly abundantly more than all we can imagine or ask. That you go beyond what we even understand. God, thank you that we can't explain you. We can't, we can't, we don't know everything about you, Lord. We'd hate to serve a God who we could fully understand. We thank you that you are a God of mystery, but even more importantly, Lord, that you are a God of faithfulness and goodness, Lord. And your word says that all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. Lord, we want to be in relationship with you.
We want to know, God, that you will be our God and we will be your people. And we want to walk in faith, trusting, Lord, that you are for us. In the name of Jesus. You want to pray for the Yes. Lord, if there should be anybody here that has not given their life to you, has not put their hands in the air and said, Lord, you can take me. Mm-hmm. I'm yours. Mm-hmm. I'll trust you with my heart, with my life. Yeah. Please, Lord, if there's anyone here, raise your hand and acknowledge to the Lord, like, Lord, I'm here. I want to do this. I'm going to do this. Is there anybody here you've never surrendered your heart to the Lord? You've never given the Lord your life? If so, he wants to receive you with open arms. And he's here. His spirit is here. Lord, fill us all with your Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in greater measure Mm -hmm. that we would open ourselves to you without reservation. That we would have increase our faith, Lord. Mm-hmm. Increase our faith that we can yes. we can trust you, Lord, in all of these areas of our life. Whatever it is, yeah. there's always something there, Lord. Mm-hmm. And even if we're going through deep sorrow, mm-hmm. deep hurts from the past, things that are happening now, you want to meet us right here. Thank you, Lord. Right here. Send your spirit right now, Lord. Yes. And mm-hmm. fill us. You would be this comforter. That we can comfort others as well. Mm -hmm. And we can do your work. We can minister to those around us, Lord. All the people Mm -hmm. you place in our lives that that don't know you, that don't know this peace, that don't know this, this, your presence in your spirit, Mm -hmm. Lord. Give us the boldness and the faith to talk to them, to share our own lives, to be vulnerable, to be transparent to share how we've struggled, but look what you've done, Lord. Yeah. Look what you've done. You've you yes. brought us here. Yes. I just pray this blessing over everyone, Lord. Mm-hmm. And we love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for being here today. And next week, we're going to talk about another keeping it real topic. We're going to talk about what it means to, to walk through the desert. To, to live in the wilderness. What do we do? How do we respond to God in the middle of our wilderness? So I'll mm. see you next week. Love you guys. Go take someone to brunch. Love you guys.